The Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe. It's electrified. So you can boogie, woogie, woogie into the forest. Boogie. Boogie, woogie, woogie through the mud. Or boogie, woogie, woogie to work, where you boogie, woogie, woogie down the hall to your boss's office to tell him you quit. Then you boogie, woogie, woogie to the elevator as he boogie, woogie, woogies after you, begging, please, take me with you. The electrified Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe. Learn more at Jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Welcome to Happy Second Fuse, guys. I don't know who you are. I don't know how you got here, but I love each and every one of you equally. And I love you, Sammy. Welcome. Wow. What did you have for breakfast Well, I need, you to, I need you to deliver the uh, podcast intro with me well, so I figured I would really? fake some uh, emotion for you for the yeah, moment, at least. That was jarring. That <laughs> <laughs> is spinning. Yeah. Um, welcome back to the podcast, guys. Thanks for tuning in, as always. Um, I feel like we're more professional than ever now that we're in a studio. Do you feel more professional? I'm Sammy? sitting straight up. I'm sitting so straight it's insane we have headphones on we've never <laughs> used to have headphones on no. do these even work i didn't even know that we were actually recording anything before it's very exciting guys uh we've gone uh pro we also got some really cool comments last week in our first official podcast uh through the mtv podcast network um seems like you guys were digging both the content and the quality of the the sound quality which is great so please keep uh hitting me up on twitter and let me know you know what you think of the format of the show we're continuing to experiment in that way in terms of the length of interviews and the amount of interviews and as always just tell me who you want to hear um and, and most importantly, validate us mm-hmm. <laughs> by going but, on yeah. on iTunes and rate, reviewing and rating and subscribing and doing without, whatever else you can do. If you're only going to do one of the things. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. Like, it, I'm going to tweet or I'm going to rate or I'm going to subscribe. What do you want from them? I think at the end of the day, wow, that's a real... Uh, well, I mean, I want... I want it's their, a busy world, I people. want their subscription okay. because I want them to be with us on this journey we go on together. But it'd be great to see some some nice words on the page, too. So that's my second choice. Okay. Okay. Um, as for this week, oh baby! I mean, I always say this is a great show. No, this, this one's big. I'm really excited. Yeah. Okay, so this week, um, there's there's a movie coming out this Friday called uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, and it's a, you know, it's a dark and whimsical and weird movie. So of course, it is from the one and only Tim Burton. He is the director of this film. Sam Jackson is one of the stars. He's the bad guy. He's got quite a unique look in this, and. Uh, these are our two guests this week. Tim Burton is coming up, and a little bit after that, we have Samuel L. Jackson. Um, so I don't even know how to. I, I'm going to try and stop gushing, but I'm, I have to gush a little because I love these two gentlemen so much. Everybody does. Um, Tim Burton. I mean, we've talked about this thing a little bit in the past, Sammy. He's, like, because he hit me like so. Like in much of the same way, Michael Keaton was a big one for me to have mm-hmm. on the podcast last year. Um, I, as I told Michael Keaton at the time, I skipped school at the age of thirteen to go see Batman. <laughs> I was a teenager when Beetlejuice came out and Edward Scissorhands came out. So uh-huh. like Tim Burton was my spirit animal. He made you know the outsider, the weird, geeky, strange guy um, okay to be. And now those people are ruling the world, thank God, for people like Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. Without Tim Burton, there would be no Josh Horowitz at <laughs> the end of, of the day. Kind of. So it, it, it continues to melt my brain. And I say this to him in the conversation that, like, you know, I, I've been privileged to get to know a lot of actors and filmmakers I admire over the years. But people like the fact that Tim Burton knows that I exist and it seems to enjoy my company boggles my mind. And it's. Uh, what is his presence like? What he's is his... pure Tim Burton. He's like, he's a little awkward and kind of 
you know, like jittery. Like he he's um. It's interesting. I, I think in listening back to the interview, he he's he's more articulate than I give him credit for. Because sometimes I think he's a very like um, he uses his hands a lot. He mm-hmm. gesticulates a lot, and he's not like if you read a transcript of this interview, it probably wouldn't read as like a super coherent like amazing conversation. Right. But like I think you're going to get the gist of what Tim Burns about, and we um, we talk uh, uh, about everything from Christopher Lee to Winona Ryder to your girl, of course. Your I had girl. to bring up Winona to uh, Beetlejuice <laughs> too, of course. And uh, uh, a lot of stuff is covered in a relatively short amount of time. This is one of those filmmakers that I, I, I hope we get in studio one of these days for like a, a full, you know, forty-five minutes or hour. But this is this was in the middle of kind of a, a crazy junket press day for Miss Peregrine. But um, Tim was still very uh, kind enough to make uh, a little time for us and to catch up. And it's a, it's honestly always a huge honor to be. Uh, to catch up with this guy I grew up like literally Who's worshiping. Tim Burton. It's Tim Burton. He's an icon, guys. Yeah. So, um, what are you crazy? <laughs> so, so yes. Yeah, so for context, uh, this is me and Tim Burton in a uh, suitably creepy, weird hotel environment where mm-hmm. they were doing the junket for Miss Peregrine, and um, and Josh I, is dressed completely like Beetlejuice. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's weird. He never comments on that during the interview, but it's, it's the fine. subtext. Everyone does it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'll just say, uh, teasing a little bit later, we have Sam Jackson. Sam, I call him Sam because we're, we're, cool. we're not really. I get it. Not really. I call him Samuel. But uh, I do want to say that interview with Sam Jackson, and we'll talk about it in the in the break in between the two interviews a little later, is one of my favorites in recent years and my favorite interview I've ever done with Samuel L. Jackson. He is on fire. And uh, so stay tuned for that. If you want pure Sam Jackson, he's coming your way in just a bit. But first up, the man, the myth, the legend, the great filmmaker uh, that is Tim Burton. It's always good to see yeah. you. It, 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 it boggles my mind that uh, that I'm in the place in my career where, where Tim Burton knows me and, and, and we can actually have conversations every year or two about your exciting yeah. projects. So it's good I to ta- see you. I talk to you more than my own family. Oh, so no. That's, that's how bad I am. <laughs> Any messages you want me to relate to the family? Nah, nah, nah. They're good. Nah, I'm sure they're fine. Uh, congratulations on the film. Um, you're in uh, you're in Junket Hell, or is it Junket? Yes, uh, no, bliss? heaven. Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I, I love being. You know, in fact, I've, I I put a red carpet in my own home because I I love I, being on the red carpet. So you need much. the step and repeat. Yeah, you yeah. love the pose. Yes, I love the sort of the. Chinese water torture aspect of <laughs> same question every three minutes. It's wonderful. What's the so yeah? We're, I think we're coming towards the the tail end of a, a day of qu- questioning like that. So what's the question that's turned your brain to mush today? I, that, I, that I'll avoid. I don't know. Luckily, it goes in one ear, not the other. Like most things, people tell me. <laughs> um, we're also in an interesting space. I was telling you, I live relatively close by. Um, what's the what's where's the strangest place you've done press over the years? Okay, the strangest one was we had a junket for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in the, in the Bahamas. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Whose idea was that? Was it that was yours? the most absurd thing. <laughs> well, no, I think it's because Johnny was shooting Pirates of oh, the Caribbean sure. at that time. So they oh, let's have the junket in the Bahamas. But they, they, they canceled the shooting for a while. So there was no, he wasn't shooting in the Bahamas, <laughs> but they didn't have time to change the junket. So they, I think the journalists love it. They got like a free vacation. It's oh, yeah, like, totally. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's why the movie did so well. It's like, 
<laughs> have more junkets in the Bahamas, you know? I'm endorsing, I've been endorsing for years a sequel to Couples Retreat because they sent me to Bora Bora for that junket. So, oh, really? I mean, movie wow. kind of forgettable, but hey, wow. I got a vacation See, in Bora Bora, Bora, yeah. Bora, you know? But I think everybody, they do these junkets so much, so much, I think they, the journalists get bored. Every, you, yeah. you know, you, I've kind of frankly gotten out of the junket game. You know, I know. Like, and you, yeah. there's, right. There's a reason because you couldn't <laughs> stand it anymore. It's true. Yeah. There are only so many silly yes. games I can yeah, do, yeah, any yeah, stupid yeah. questions I can I ask. Know, I know. Um, but you must be feeling uh, as good as can be considering you've just come through probably a long, arduous edit process as your films always are. Um, but, I mean, I don't, how, how aware are you of reception to film? Do you kind of try to f- have a filter? What's your sense of the actual reception to a film, you think? I, very vulnerable. In fact, <laughs> I get, I'm, I'm forgetting it opening this week, so I'm, I'm looking for a place to hide. I, that, that's my annual tradition when a movie comes open is to, just to, you know, Blast off into outer space right. where I'm not really aware of anything because I just I always feel very very vulnerable when a film comes out and uh, and that's never changed over the many years. Yeah, I feel I feel badly because I feel like over the years I tend to always see you obviously in these kind of publicity cycles and I feel like I always see you at your probably your most frazzled and like kind of just yeah, like yeah. punch drunk. Yeah, yeah. When the, the, the problem is I actually look like this all the time. So. <laughs> When, when are you? When are you most kind of in your element comfortable? Is it on set? Is it in the edit room? Is it where, where is it? Yeah, no, I, I think it's the hardest, but I, I like being on the set because that's where all the business stuff, all the other, you know, the 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 business side of the movie industry kind of goes away, and you're just working with artists, you know, the actors, the crew, and stuff, and that's like your weird family. And yeah. again, it's the most. Yeah, you know, it's it's the harshest and it's the most extreme, but it's also the most gratifying, and that's where you're kind of protected from the the outside world in a way. And I know like a lot was made uh, through the last film, and, and probably somewhat uh, for this film in terms of like a quote unquote return to kind of uh, practical locations and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because you've done some things that obviously yeah. leaned heavily into that CGI world, yes. most notably yes. Alice. Yeah. Um, do you feel is that is that an accurate kind of thing where like you felt you kind of went to the extreme on one end and needed to kind of going the other that you miss something or no I, well, I think each project is unique in its own way and I think the reason to use more like practical things on this is one of the reasons was it's a, the, it's a more intimate kind of a thing and, and a lot of the kids had never acted before so rather than putting them in this green screen environment you know right. real locations real houses you know we used to got found a real house you know real sets uh, and did as many practical effects as we could do, just because it felt right for the story. It also felt right, to, you know, for the kids who hadn't acted before. Right. You know, really put a, put puts them in the in the place. And you know, even the little ones, they all want to do their own stunts. You know, yeah, they, yeah. That, that was forget acting. You know, can can you put a wire on me and yank me across <laughs> the room? You know, that's that was that was the most fun for them. How, how do you know? Like, how, how do you know when a project is ready, or is or do you not know? And is it more of kind of the studio telling you when it's ready. I mean, no, I mean you usually have a deadline, obviously, sure. and that, that's sort of. It, I, I guess. It. I guess my question is less on the edit size and delivering the film than yeah. even in the initial decision to sign on for it. Like, do you yeah. have oh. to have the utmost confidence at this point that like you have all your ducks in a row, or are you willing to kind of like go in? At eighty percent, if there's enough that gets your juices flowing and that sort of thing, yeah, it's eighty percent or maybe even a little less sometimes. Right. It just depends on the elements and 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 and, and your feel. Like when I read the book and and, and and looked at the book, I just felt connected to it. So, and, and Jane's script, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes along with you know, as you know, making a film and things yeah. change or whatever, and you're always working on it throughout. You know, because you can read a line and says, well. 
looks good on paper, but then you get into it, things sure. change. So it's quite an organic process. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't think I've ever read anything, you know, where maybe Ed Wood, something I read where I go, you know, th- th- we're not going to really change any this words. Works. Or, this you, is you know, this, this is, is yeah. But usually things change to some degree. Yeah. Is this your first time with Terrence Stamp in one of your films? No, he, he was in uh, Big Eyes. For of course he was, the last two. Though. But, okay, I mean, yeah. he, you know, he's just such a, you know, I've been lucky to meet you know, I was going to say, it strikes like me him. from the beginning, like Vincent Price, obviously, yeah, Michael yeah. Go, like yeah. you, you've, Christopher you've, Lee, Ray Harry. You know, I'm, I've been very lucky to meet, uh, you know, people I really, really admire. You yeah. know, like, oh, I'm sitting across from General Zod. Oh, God, you, know. <laughs> you know, but then I remember the first time I met him and he was just, it was just like, I was hypnotized. You know, he was talking for like two hours when he did that Fellini movie, Spirits of the Dead. You right. know? And it was just like, wow, man. You know, that's what you get from these people that have been around. You know, they, they, they're, 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 it's like, it's like, it's kind of mirrors what's in the film. Like Abe, you know, telling stories right. to Jake. It's, 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 they really have this gift of something that no younger person really has. Well, I mean, Christopher Lee, my God, was in more movies than any human being on the yeah, planet. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. amount of stories he must have had yeah, was... The stories, yeah, you know, the voices, you know, they, they, they've just got such 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 amazing surreal stories to offer you know and and that's why i've always been very lucky to meet people that i've admired and then they turn out to be really amazing people was there was there anyone of that ilk that that got away did you go after brando at some point or (laughs) something like that i I always i wish i'd met peter cushing you know but uh, no but i've been there christopher lee michael goff uh, Vincent Price, Ray Harryhausen, Terrence Stamp, yeah. you know, Judy Dench, uh, you know, all these people. Well, know? and frankly, most of those, I mean, Judy is probably a, an exception in that sh- her talents have been utilized in recent years. But most of the people you're talking about, frankly, are kind of untapped resources yeah. that are just like, why isn't someone taking, making use of Christopher Lee's talents? Well, no, no, I mean, well, no, but that's what, there was a funny thing on Sleepy Hall. I forget this. It's like, I go, there's a little tiny part. And it's like, well, what about Christopher Lee? And everybody goes, he's dead. He's like, well, I didn't, I didn't hear about that. And I go, no, he's dead. And it's like, what? And, and so, of course, he wasn't dead. And then many years later, I used to remark to the people who said he was dead. It's like, it's amazing that dead guy went on to do three Star Wars movies and eight Lord of the Rings movies, isn't it? Great for a dead man. You also, speaking of like Hollywood lineage and like history, you recently got your hands and feet, I think, enshrined outside the yes. Chinese theater. Yeah. Is that meaningful? I mean, that as someone... Great. You know, and Winona Ryder gave yeah, this yeah. very sweet, very beautiful speech. I, I truly I felt like I was at my own funeral because it's <laughs> like, and how often do you get to experience that? Yeah. yeah. Has it been, um, I mean, obviously you worked with Winona relatively recently. There was a big gap in between yeah, uh, for a yeah. while. Um, it, it, it must be cool that she's kind of returned to your life in some way. She's, well, I love her, you know, and I always best. have, and, and, and I hope to work with her again. She's just such a special, special person. And you know what? It's like, it's like it was a time, you know, because I lose track. You know, my friends, and I consider her one, my true friends, you know, I can see them every day or right. maybe not for a few years, and it's like back to, you know, like normal. You Has know? she changed much at all? Not at all. She's so amazing. You know, and that's, I love her. She's a real special person. Have, have you watched Stranger Things yet? I've seen so. She's, she's great. You yeah. know, I mean, but she's always great, you know, and, and she's just a very special person, and I think she picks and chooses things, you know, and she's, she's not in it to be like, 
a big celebrity. She just does things because she's an artist, and, and that, that's why I love her. Yeah, I had her on the podcast last year, and uh, she's like, like kind of beautifully kind of disconnected, like not even like kind of knowing what a podcast was. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just like it's yeah. so charming from her. I mean, she's such like a a reader, and like it's like it's yeah. like you're in the wrong century. You're, yeah, no, she it, really is, and that's what I loved about her when I first met her. You know, she's got that weird old soul quality. Totally, she's been here before. She's been you know she's been around, and uh, you know you don't meet many people like. That um, dare I bring up Beetlejuice yet again? I feel badly. <laughs> I, I bring I bring you it up. Bring it up. You want to waste? <laughs> As I she has said, promised me all access when you guys no, go no, into production. So I love her and I love Michael, and you know it's a special movie. And, and, and I think the only reason any of us would do it is is to get the right thing. And we're working on something, but yeah. you know, uh, you know, and you, you know, I've had a few projects where I've thought I was doing them, and then. They didn't. Right. Uh, we won't mention the word Superman. But, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, films but, have been made about abandoned projects, so we don't want to start yeah, that. We don't yeah, want like the. My, my new motto is I'll tell you what movie I'm making when I'm on the set actually shooting it. That's <laughs> when I know I'm doing it. Well, okay, uh, indulge me in this. Would if, if, if and when you ever get to, a chance to do that, is Beetlejuice kind of like a static character, you think, or does he change? Do you think. We... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? The thing about it is it's such a. You know, some, some of these movies I'd, I'd never really considered. Like I, I, you know, like Edward Scissorhands or or, or or Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, I, I know they made Edward Penis Hands <laughs> one and two, which is not necessarily a sequel. Right. But uh, I do feel like you know some of these movies. You know, and, and Beetlejuice was such a strange one. You know, because even at the time, I go like studio wants to actually make this movie you know what i mean so right. they're still questioning what it is you know and myself as well so it's one of those kind of things where it's just got to have the right spirit sure. to it you know you don't want to throw it all of a sudden like state of the art effects I, I don't know it just had a certain quality about it that that you know you have to consider in this new day and age like you know how, how do you get, keep the f- spirit of that in in, in in the in the in the modern world? Well, it's, it's why something like I mean, you you know, bring up like Edward Scissorhands, like uh, for my money, should never have any continuation. That's like a timeless kind of fairy tale exactly. now, and it, it exists. Exactly. It should exactly. be what it is. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, that being said, I'm also kind of surprised. Like, I think the last time you kind of delved seriously into TV was probably Family Dog. We're yeah, talking yeah, twenty yeah, yeah. plus years ago, yeah. and obviously we're in this this great uh, world, era. Yeah. yeah. Have you flirted with? Television pros, uh, projects. Well, et cetera. I mean, I, I, I think it's an amazing form, you know, because it, it's like, you know, like for instance, like S- Scott and Larry who wrote Ed Wood and, and sure. Big Eyes, you know, and they, they did the OJ thing. Yep. And I just thought it was brilliant. And it's like, it, it was a chance to really see the writing play itself out. So I do think it's an amazing medium. So I think for the right thing and yeah. the right sort of. Uh, project, it would be a really great uh, medium to to, to to try. Do you do you find the stuff that comes across your desk or is, is thrown at you? Kind of, is it <laughs> thrown literally thrown at your yeah, face? Yeah. Here you go, Burton. <laughs> Throw it. Actually, I don't get as many things. As, yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to say, like, do, do you kind of wish people would think more out of the box with you, or are you happy with kind of the stuff no, that they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't like, I don't. I mean, as much as the films. Like maybe have a certain similarity, but I always consider it's like I'm not trying to consciously going like oh I'm going to do 
a me movie because it's like I don't even know what that is. I I I think yeah, it's like if you look at the guy who draws like you know Charlie Brown, you know, it's like okay, go change your style. You know what I mean? Right. It's like well, that's the way I draw. You know, that's the way that's the way it is. So it's not like I'm looking to make something. But I also don't like it when people think, oh, this is perfect for me because then I right. go like, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Well, and there, in some ways, there's value in like knowing you know what you're great at, and that can be a broad skill set. I mean, you, no one wants a poor imitation of someone else's film. You don't want to make the mm. film that Steven yeah, would, Soderbergh could do great. I mean, you yeah. want to make a film that Tim Burton can do well, great. Well, I, I guess I'm not that proficient. I'm not, you know, I'm not that technically, uh, you know, I'm not that... De- I don't know. You know, like people like Robert, there's directors that can kind of do different genres. Sure. You know, like I was always impressed by like Robert Wise who could do like every different kind of Literally, genre. Literally, yeah. Well, like a, to Star Trek the motion picture. Well, right? not, maybe not that one. But, 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 but you know what I'm saying. The, yeah. guys, the guy, you know, there's some directors that are really, and it's amazing, you yeah. know, they, they can go from genre to genre, not necessarily have their own distinct style, but definitely have, but do it really, really well. Yeah. And so there's, there's different types. Yeah. Oh, last time you had any kind of serious conversation with a, a Warner Brothers or a DC or a Marvel about a film, do they still come to you? <laughs> no, no. There's, 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 look, there's one coming out every week. They, I, it's responsible for what well, you no, want. But I, I will say this. I did feel very lucky to be doing something that felt new at the time. Yes. You know what I mean? And before I ever heard the word franchise, that was just a very pleasant <laughs> word not to hear. <laughs> did, did you do you watch this stuff? Did you see Batman versus Superman or no, Suicide I, Squad? I'm still or? traumatized by my own experience, so I, I, you know, I think I start crying or something. <laughs> Wait, what is a film of yours on on that when it comes on you can watch or cannot watch any of them? Any of them? Really? I can't. I can't. I, I have trouble. You know, I'm just now starting to maybe be able to watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure. But yeah. Nice. <laughs> so that's how far back it goes. No, I mean. I, I love doing them. And I love them. I, I just—it's—I wish I could enjoy them more, watching them. You know, because yeah. it's—I just—I don't know. I just feel—I don't know if it's because of the process. It's, it feels quite sort of traumatic mm-hmm. for me. Even, but even though I love them, and I, I you know, I, 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 I really enjoy making every one in a way. So it's not like I don't like them. But it's just... is, is there something you take the most pleasure in after the fact, in terms of like your films? Like without a doubt, obviously, have had like a cultural imprint on people. Whether it's something as like literal as a tattoo on someone's yeah. arm. No, I love or, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah no, that, when people show me tattoos, it both freaks me out and <laughs> makes me, you know, very emotional at the same time. Yeah, that's a life choice. But I've had that's... people, you know, I've had, for some reason, I, I've had, I just like when people say weird things. Like, I've heard so, like, so many people say their dogs and pets love watching my films. <laughs> That's, that's like one of the best compliments I ever had. Hey, I why not? Why? <laughs> What's the phrase you most overuse on a set? If I'm eavesdropping on a Tim Burton set, what am I going to hear you say over and over again? I can't repeat it. <laughs> you can. The audience can take it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Who is that directed at? Anybody? Anybody. <laughs> Even me. Uh, well, go fuck yourself, Tim. Okay. It's good to see you. Yeah. <laughs> go fuck yourself, too. Um, no, it's truly a pleasure always to catch up with you. Congratulations on this one and uh, on to the next. Great to see you. Thanks, buddy. If you're looking
need to move out of your parents' place, you could really cut expenses by bundling your car and renter's insurance with Progressive, which is good because your little brother has gotten really territorial. You're blood-related. You'd think it would be fine to share food in the fridge. I mean, who writes their name on every individually wrapped slice of cheese, Tyler? Still, you've got to admire the commitment. So bundle your renter's and car insurance with Progressive and use the savings to help you move out and have all the cheese you want. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. That was the great Tim Burton. There was a little profanity in that. Maybe you don't expect to hear Tim Burton speak uh, with expletives, but you definitely expect to hear my next guest uh, deliver them, and that he does. Uh, we're, we're segueing over to Samuel L. Jackson, one of the stars of Miss Peregrine. I'm so excited. Um, so, yeah. So, <laughs> Sam, Sam this, what, what to say about this interview? Um, we ended up getting a little less time than we had hoped for with Tim. We ended up getting more time than I uh, had been told we were going to get with, with Sam, and much to our advantage, because Sam Jackson is... Um, I was saying I was saying this to someone earlier yesterday. He is more comfortable in his own skin than any human being I've ever met. Like he is, it is fucking awesome to be Sam Jackson. Jackson. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, what else? Yeah. Um, And he did it. And he um, is so he'll say anything. He doesn't give a crap. Like in the best possible way. And this interview is very wide ranging in that. you know, we, we cover, the obviously, Tim Burton and the movie, but we also uh, cover, you know, we talk about Star Wars and Nick Fury and Un- Unbreakable, the Unbreakable sequel that we've all been talking about for years. Um, but the real fun gets going when he starts to go off on things in terms of, like, he starts to talk about um, going off on, on other actors and how uh, some actors talk about doing film acting versus stage acting. And uh, He doesn't like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> he the, doesn't like that. The voice raises. The yes. expletives come out. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So, so I have to say, at one point during this interview, he shows me his Capital One card. Uh, yes. <laughs> Are you serious? So, so you won't be able to Did see Did he sign that. you up for one, too? No, but we were, t- we were just talking about, like, how, you know, the dream of being an actor and how good it is. And he basically was like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's better than you think because of the free shit. He says the free shit is the best thing about being an actor. Well, and yeah. and then we segue into Capital One, of course. So, uh, <laughs> so, did you write down the numbers of his card? You know, I, it's funny you said that. I was looking at him like, I could, if I you know had a good memory, right. I could uh, steal his identity if right I now. If I was smarter. <laughs> but no, there's only one Sam Jackson, and he is the uh, next and last interview on this week's episode of Happy Sad Confused. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. He is... Another icon, two icons on this week's show. Um, You're uh, setting the bar pretty high. Yeah, next week's is going to suck. Yeah. No. Come come on back next week, and uh, in the meantime, enjoy this conversation, and go check out uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children Ooh. out this Friday. Uh, here's Sam. It's good to see you, sir. Uh, congratulations on this one. Kind of shocking first time with Tim Burton. What the hell? What took so long? I don't know. Everybody says everybody says to talk to him. That, that I've wanted to work with him for a while. That's kind of up to him, though. <laughs> so I don't know what I don't know what took so long. I've been here. I've been around. You're, but you're a man. I feel like that does put out feelers into the universe. If you want to do something like that, you made Star Wars happen. That kind of thing. You could have willed this into existence. I guess I could have, but it you know it never never crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Tim and I met on various occasions and I think we spent more time together one year in Cannes because mm-hmm. uh, I was on the jury and his former wife was on the jury with me and he was running director's fortnight 
So we saw each other quite a bit, but you know, that was years and years ago. I feel like he, in some ways, at least in terms of communication skills, he's almost like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you've worked with them, but like he's in some ways the antithesis of like someone like Quentin, who's so verbal and so um, uh, you know, expressive. Tim, I feel like is, is he, he gesticulates, you have to kind of read body language or not. Or, am not I, really, no. Yeah? He, he, he knows what he wants and he knows how he wants to do it. Okay. So he's very articulate about what's going on and, 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 and setting up you know, a scene and allowing you to make it bigger and better uh, in that way. Um, so he he does talk about that stuff. I, I feel like uh, seven or eight years ago at MTV, we did like a, a package on your many looks over the years in terms of like the hairstyles and whatever. Mm. And I feel like we're due now to do an update. Thanks. If nothing else. I guess else you could this. be. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a couple since then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, and I know even from back then, you, you'd like to kind of contribute your ideas for the look of a character. Yeah, but this was totally Tim. Was it? Yeah. I mean, he first of all, you know, the. The offer came out of nowhere. It was like, Tim Burton wants you for his new movie. It's like, what? Really? <laughs> what is that? Yeah, I couldn't figure out what he was doing because I was doing Hateful Eight at the time. And, and the script came. I'd already said, yeah. And it's like, Tim Burton, of course. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and it's got to be something very different from what I'm doing now. At least I won't be freezing in a room and covered in blood. So maybe. <laughs> but uh, So I had already agreed to it before I even read it. And then read it and then I read the book and... You know, then he sent me a rendering of what he looked like. So once I saw the guy, it was kind of like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, that's you know? yeah. that's the kind of Tim Burton character I want to do. If you're going to yeah. be in a Tim Burton movie, go yeah. for it. Yeah, so my only request was, you know, that they send me the teeth, you know, like a month ahead of time so I could practice talking with them on. So I could do, you, do my lip ex- my lip and tongue exercises <laughs> and make sure I could speak clearly. Do, do you keep any paraphernalia of the uh, characters, wigs, canes for Unbreakable or whatever? Do you keep that kind of stuff? I Those have things like months? that. Yeah, I have one of the glass canes from Unbreakable. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I've talked to you many times in, in, in night over the years. I've lost faith now in a Long Kiss Goodnight sequel, but I'm never going to lose faith. Uh, in, <laughs> in never going to lose faith in, faith in an Unbreakable no, sequel? Cause, cause I talked to really? Shane about a Long Kiss Goodnight. He said he told me a little bit about the pitch and he made the pitch and the studio just didn't go for it essentially at least that was his story in terms yeah, we of- tried a couple of ways to do it Rennie and I tried it too you know with you know the daughter growing up right. and wanting to find her mom or whatever you know so have you coming want- back to Mitch I mean let's not talk about it it'll make me upset yeah <laughs> uh, Unbreakable though do you ever do you hold out hope have you talked to Knight in recent years Cause, no. cause he's I see him every now and then you know and I go so are you ever going to hire me again oh yeah you know I am I was like oh yeah but you know, we don't talk about the Unbreakable sequel because it was a trilogy from the beginning. I know, mm-hmm. and he's been more open. He's hinted in recent years that he's thought about it more. He needs to stop talking about it or just yeah, do he it. sort of needs to do it, right? When's the last time you lost out on a role, like a role that you wanted that you didn't get? Does that happen? Not really. <laughs> That's a good life to have. Well, I mean, it's it's either a movie I see and I go, why didn't I get called for that? Right. Or I just you know. Don't care about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I only think I do the jobs I'm supposed to do anyway. Well, it it also seems like you are. I feel feel like for any actor that's got into a certain place, you're kind of the high watermark and how to live their life. And that, like, and again, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you do the movies you want to watch. Yeah. You do the movies that you would, the kid would want to see, the adult would want to see. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I'm that's not kind of the overriding criteria. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not, you know, for lack of a better word, I'm, I'm not, you know on an Oscar bait safari. Right. 
I'm just do movies that are entertaining. I mean, I think that's what we do. We're entertainers. That's what we should do. Yeah. We do things. I went to the movies when I was a kid because I wanted to get away from the mundane life that I lived. Yeah. And take an hour and a half and two hours and be somewhere else with somebody and, you know, dig it and have a great time and go home and pretend to be it with my friends when it was over and right. till the next movie. And I think that's what movies should be. And those are the kind of movies that I tend to gravitate toward. You know, I like a good drama or something, but, you know, they don't make the indie movies that they used to make that had meaning and depth and were edgy are now Netflix. Yep. You know, which is great. And they're Netflix series. They're not just, you know, they don't waste time spending an hour and a half or two hours doing it. You no. know, and said, we can get all the way in this. You yeah. know, like the Night Of. Night Of would have been... A Sidney Lumet movie, like... A Sidney right? Lumet movie, you know, and they try to do all that shit in two hours. Exactly. You know, two and a half hours. But it's much better stressed out the way it is and done like that. You know, Narcos would have been, exactly. you know, hour and a half of whatever. Right. You know? You, not quite the same thing. Are you are you up to speed on the uh, the DC movies? Have you seen the Batman versus Superman Suicide Squad? I live in the Marvel universe. <laughs> You're not allowed to like. You just said you're an equal opportunity. You love it all. I am. I, I didn't say I love it all. Okay, I said I watch it, it all. all. So have you consumed? Uh, yeah. Your your unvarnished opinion. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to make a big movie like that. Yeah. Not as easy as not as easy as people think. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what um, state we're going to see our friend Nick Fury in uh, the next time we see him? No, I don't know what state. I just know he'll be seen. I know he's coming back. <laughs> it's, been you know? a, it's been a bit. It's like, yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's almost like I told Ryan. I just did a movie with Ryan Reynolds. That's like, so you talked about me in the end of Deadpool, but you were afraid to call me. Because <laughs> yeah. then it checks off thing on, I would have stuck contract. my head in the door. I would have like really just, you know, just <laughs> kind of stuck my head around the camera and like, are you someone that believes in like the saturation point of superhero movies that this is like a fad that's going to come and go or you think it's it's comic books haven't come and go have they? no I mean okay. I'm well, so I'm, fine we're still buying comic books why would we stop consuming you know comic book fare right you know, as long as comic books are around people are reading them and people are anxious to see those things and everybody still harbors fantasies of being able to do stuff that they can't do yeah I don't I don't care what people say I mean maybe millennials don't you know pretend like they're oh man we're too cool to be there with that bullshit you know but a couple of them still want to fly and want to you know burn holes and shit with their eyes right. you know <laughs> and we get a star wars movie every year now we live yeah. in a world where we get star wars movies every single year hey, and dr strange is coming you know dr strange is basically a millennial with powers right <laughs> you know fair enough um I was asking Tim what his go-to direction is on set. Like, what's the most often heard phrase that you uh, that he says? What do you think he said? Action. He said, "Go fuck yourself." Oh, did, you, did you ever hear him say that? Not to me. Really? Because yeah. you were doing your job right. Well, he might say it. I mean, he might say it to a grip or somebody else or <laughs> the guys that are in his uh, circle that you know know his shorthand. Right. Maybe on, on on movie two, you get "Go fuck yourself." Maybe. Yeah, well, maybe not. You know, I don't know. <laughs> what um. So we got, of course, we got at least five or six movies in the can. Kong Skull Island. How are you feeling about that one? Don't know yet. Yeah. What did it feel? What it, what, I mean, that obviously another huge undertaking, and it's one of those younger filmmakers that hasn't had that kind of budget to play with. Did it feel like a, a challenging shoot? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna bring in the body language experts. I hope for the best. I love Tom. I love the cast. Okay. Oh God! Me too. You're worrying me, Sam. Me too. I mean, I love all the guys. I mean, we had a great time together. Okay. You know? Okay. Me, Tom, John. You know, all the kids. You know, it was awesome. Yeah. You know, like you know, you asked 
you ask the right questions because you're used to watching movies like that. Yeah. So I'm constantly going, well, where is it? It's like, uh, well, how big is it? How fast is it? And if they don't have the answers, that's not a good and thing. Somebody's always going, well, you know, it's, it's, you know, you kind of, okay. You want a director that knows that answer like like that. Well, you want a director that knows it. You want a special effects guy that knows it. You want somebody to tell you, you know, (laughs) what that is. Make me feel safe, somebody. Well, I don't know if it makes you feel safe, but like I said, you know, when you're a kid and you go to watch those movies and you come home and you play that shit with with your friends, you know how big King Kong is. You know how big Godzilla is. You can argue with your friends. Yeah, you know how how fast it is and where you need to go to get away from it, you know. Can I get under a rock and it won't be able to reach in there and grab me with a finger or a claw (laughs) or whatever? I mean, you want to know that kind of shit. And, yeah, I'm, 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 I would like to think I'm kind of savvy about certain things. And I am in a certain kind of way because, like I said, like anybody that's been on as many movie sets as I have has seen it done right, wrong, and otherwise. Yeah. So you just got to figure out which way it's going and are you going to play defense or are you going to play offense? Yeah. You know, and that's how you figure it out. What's the last movie you saw that you lost your mind over that you kind of lost yourself in and said that's... That's why we do this. That's why I go to the movies. Oh, Deadpool? Yeah. <laughs> but then when I got home and thought about it, I was like, fuck, that's just two set pieces. <laughs> you know, You're smart. And the rest of it's just kind of fun film shit. Right. You know? Right. You know, I enjoyed hanging out with him and, you know, watching him go through the journey. So, yeah, like that. Um, well, do you know what the next uh, shoot is? What you're off to do next? Uh, I should be going to do the Blob sometime before the end of the year. So. The Blob? They're doing the remake of the Blob? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Are you Steve McQueen? Like you said. No, no. <laughs> Are you I'm the not, blob? No, I'm the unfortunate scientist that, you know, <laughs> kind of goes, what the hell is this? Oh, no. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers. You mentioned award stuff. Does it, I mean, it boggles my mind when I look it up and I see you've been nominated for one Oscar. It's, 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 it's absurd. Why? Really? It is what it is. It doesn't There's bother you. There's nothing I can do about it. No. Really? It's not going to move the comma on my chest. Why does it bother me more than you? I don't know. <laughs> because you think it means more than it means. I guess so. You I know, guess so. Everybody thinks it means more than it means. I mean, that's why black people lose their minds about, you know, Oscar so white. Right. So little do they know that, you know, it's more than likely not going to move the comma on that person's check that wins it. Right. You know, uh, the thing that moves the comma on a check is butts and seats. And we know you're the king. You know, right. Hey. Just got Harrison's ass back. <laughs> yeah, where's all these old men up there, too? Who's, like, the top... Uh, who are your competitors up there? Just me and Harrison. That's it. Nice. Yeah. Um, is, was there a plus in your mind when you look back that you... It took to your 40s to kind of get the acclaim and the and the opportunity that you wanted in film probably your entire life? Was Is there any upside to that, or could you have handled it in your 30s? I probably couldn't have handled it when I was younger because of what I was doing anyway. Right. But, um, you know, things happen when they're supposed to. In a, in, a, in, a, in a very real kind of way. I mean, by the time it happened for me, I had kind of lost sight of what this is. Plus, you know, when you get here, you didn't know what it was anyway. Right. You know, it's oh, kind of an amazing oh. kind of, you know, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is awesome. Oh, it's, it's better. Dude, it's like... <laughs> When 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 people say, "Did you dream?" You said, "You didn't even know what the fuck to dream." 
you know, the, you don't I mean, the dream you, you have is, you, you know, yeah. I'm gonna be, you know, going to, I'm, 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 I'm gonna go to set, and I'm gonna make a, a bunch of money, and you know, I'm gonna go to the award shows, and I'm gonna go to da da da. And that sounds pretty good. That's okay. It's, it's all right. <laughs> it's an okay kind of, you know, whatever. But you know, the reality is way bigger than a dream. You know, so when uh, people go, what's the greatest thing about being famous? You yeah. know, it's like free shit. <laughs> Pretty basic. Shit that I can afford to buy now. Right. You don't need even. I that's the, that's the conundrum. That's yeah. the irony. A, that's insane. I don't have to buy shit. <laughs> you know, the, I see something I want. Do you have a wallet? Do you have a credit call. card? Do you just. Yeah, I got a credit card. I got a Capital One card right in my pocket. <laughs> 1.5% oh, cash back on, on every purchase everywhere. Damn, no. Yeah. You're better than that. But why? <laughs> For the record, he's showing it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Some bullshit. Why would I not have my Quicksilver card? Are you crazy? That's my real job. <laughs> it's an awesome job. Oh, my God. It's an awesome <laughs> fucking job. You know, but come on. Nobody understands that. You know, it's like, there's, there's shit I could buy, but... right. You know, if I tell somebody I want it, it kind of shows up. What's the most extravagant purchase or thing you've gotten for free that, that exists in your life? I can't tell you. <laughs> I have Nothing can change my opinion of you. I adore you. It's okay. A car. A car. <laughs> is it like the Back to the Future DeLorean? Is it, like, is it fly? No, it doesn't fly. It doesn't Hovercraft? Yeah. <laughs> Starts with an M, ends with a box. <laughs> Um, who taught you the most about acting, actor or director? Is there one person that kind of like changed the way you approach things you think that, that you think back to that shifted um, you? Well, three directors in particular that, you know, challenged me in specific ways and gave me information that allows you to get inside of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baldwin Burroughs, my first professor in college, uh, Douglas Turner Ward, the director of the Negro Ensemble Company in New York. And Lloyd Richards, who was head of the Yale Drama Department when I was doing August Wilson plays up there. Uh, teach you how to ask yourself the right questions, how to take nothing and create something. Uh, if you don't have something like this particular film that has a book right. or you don't have source material, uh, how it's incumbent upon you to sit down and look at that character that's on that page and create a whole life for that character right. for yourself whether you write it down and just put it in your head you know give him a life figure out where he was born what kind of people he was born to what kind of life he had where did he grow up what kind of experiences did he have was his educational background military background if he has one um, what he likes what he doesn't like even down to the food that he might want to eat you know or you know what kind of woman that 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 person likes things that inform your relationships with the other people that you encounter in the middle of that story and how you feel about them whether you like them don't like them and why you like them or don't like them right so that when people see you they always said this is one the one thing all three of them had in common that when you show up on a stage you should be coming from somewhere Mm-hmm. When you get to that particular place, you are there to accomplish something. Right. You accomplish that thing. When you leave them, you are going somewhere else to accomplish somewhere else. Yeah. Which 
pretty much makes an audience want to hang out with you. Right. Because it's Where'd like, that guy come from? Who's that Where's he going? What is, <laughs> whoa, where is he going? You know, it's kind of yeah. like when I showed up and coming to America, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, okay, why is this dude robbing McDowell's? Does he have a baby at home? Uh, is he an addict? Does he want to buy some drugs? Does right. he want to do whatever? And when he leaves there, where the fuck is he going? Right. It's why you know? we want a Mace Windu film because where the, where, where'd that guy come from? What's going on? He's somewhere now getting his, you know, um, artificial hand put on, <laughs> you know, waiting to get back there and, you know, fuck somebody up because <laughs> they kicked him out of window. <laughs> Speaking of directors and go-to instructions on set, infamously Harrison, you know, had some jokes about George's direction. What was George's go-to direction for you? What was he like as a director on set, George Lucas? George, George is, you know, George is, George is low-key. George is just who George is. Yeah. Uh, if he wants to give you direction, I'm sure he'll he'll come to you and give it to you. Yeah. Me, he didn't. Uh, once he figured out who I was after episode one, he was kind of like, you know, I kind of never had an actor like you. You know, who kind of shows up and knows where he's going, hits his marks, doesn't ask questions. You know, I was just trying to stay quiet because I didn't want him to kill me. <laughs> you know. Oh well. So. <laughs> Well, he made it through the three, at least. I made it through the three. Yeah. Come on. That's where I was supposed to go. Wasn't it, you know? In fact, you know, when we got to three, when he told me he was he was going to get rid of me in that way, he said, well, you're the only important person in the script I can do that to. Everybody right. else has got to be around right. for a while. So. Little did you know. we already got these other ones. Little did you know if they had continued, knew they were continuing, you maybe would have pleaded for. That had nothing to do with anything. Like none? I said, the cat cut my hand off and I fell out a window. Okay, okay. so in your mind, he's okay. He's fine. Hey, how many one-handed characters are running around <laughs> in fucking Star Wars? <laughs> you know, that got a new hand and came back and started some shit. I... I'm on your side. Don't That's get angry at me. It's okay. I'm not. I'm just saying. <laughs> I feel like you're so angry. It's doable. Okay. You know, Jedi's can fall from incredible heights and still live. <laughs> Who knows? I might have fallen on George Jetson's, you know, car. Right. And got a ride. Have you had any conversation? To the hospital. <laughs> Has Kathleen Kennedy at least had the a- urgent care center. <laughs> any Kathleen Kennedy conversations? Anything real? No. Oh. Again, uh, should I hope for it and dream for this? Like, on Kiss Goodnight? Yeah, of course. Let's yeah. all dream together. Yeah, I'm good. We, we can all dream. So, okay, we were talking about directors. You mentioned three theater directors, if I'm not wrong. Was there one film director that's talking about film acting as opposed to... Is, is it different? What the hell is that? Well, I guess, no, I have talked to actors over the years that know how to play to a camera and know... Or they that's say they bullshit. do. Is it? Okay, you tell me. You know better you know, than me. I mean, I know actors, too, that, you know, don't act until it's their close-up. Right. The fuck is that? <laughs> you know? Where are we? Are we like Are we? Are we? You know, like, are you going to do something fucking different? Now? So you deliver the same performance no matter. I where do the, the same is. thing every take. I don't care if it's a wide shot, master. What I do the same thing every take. And editors are always like, I love you. Yeah, because they can cut anywhere from any size to me doing the same thing. I pick up the pick up the glass on the same word. And I take a sip. Put it down, same word. When I'm smoking in movies, which I stopped doing because that's too tedious. <laughs> you know, cigarettes are always the same length. Da, da, da. You right. know, it's part of the game. You know, it's part of the game you play. It's called being professional. No, you're movie acting. Give me a fucking. <laughs> yeah. so I know he, a gang of actors that whisper. <laughs> they make you lean in. Yeah. Motherfucker, what? So, so all you, you do is watch them. You have to wait until their lips stop moving. And hope it's your turn. And then I taking some <laughs> dramatic fucking pause. You know, it's like, no, motherfucker, that's not. Speak up. The sound guy's like, <laughs> fucking break. So, so if you hear somebody say something like that on set, 
do you keep it to yourself? Is it your place to kind of like say something? Or if it's like, a young actor, I might go over and say, uh, you think you want to speak up? Yeah. Dude, I can't hear you and I got a line. Yeah. You know? Oh, and which line are you going to say? Are you going to change the fucking line every time or are you going to say what's on the page? Right. You know? So you don't believe in like giving them quote unquote options in the edit room? No, that, I'm, again, I'm just. Well, some directors do that. You know, there, there, there are directors that go over to dudes and they whisper to them, you know, and the next time he says action, this motherfucker's doing something completely off the wall and you're like standing there staring at him like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> You know, and the director's like, yeah, Scott, yeah, great. It's like, you do know that you did some shit in the scene before this that has nothing to do with what you fucking just did, right? Right, right. And you don't get to go to the editing room. So <laughs> when that motherfucker asks you to do that shit like four different ways, mm. then he's the one that's in there deciding what your performance is. So when you see it, you're going to be sitting there going. Yeah, you've, you've given up control. Yeah. So I'm not that guy, you know. So when they come to me and go, so can you, on the next take, can we, I'm like, not gonna happen, dude. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you, sir. Some good acting lessons, some good life lessons, I think, from Samuel L. Jackson today. Congratulations on the movie, and uh, I'll see you on the next one, man. Thank you. Thanks, man. That's this week's episode of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to our show on iTunes, and we'll see you guys here next week. This episode of Happy, Sad, Confused was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovic for the MTV Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at MTV Podcasts. Subscribe to Happy, Sad, Confused and other MTV shows on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.